Hey everybody, welcome to the Your Move podcast where we are all about helping you make better decisions and live with fewer regrets. I'm Andy Stanley and before we jump into today's podcast, I wanted to take just a moment to personally thank everyone who supports Your Move. It's the generosity of people like you, our podcast listeners and subscribers that make this podcast possible. If listening to the podcast has inspired you to make better decisions or perhaps live life a little bit differently, I hope you'll consider supporting Your Move with a tax-deductible gift. Just text your move, all one word, your move to 77977. That's your move to 77977. Or visit yourmove.is slash give. That's yourmove.is slash give. Again, to donate, text your move to 77977 or you can give online. As always, thanks for your support. And now back to the podcast. So my journey when it comes to learning to be content actually started where most of yours started um, that you can remember. Mine started in high school and everybody's looking for their group and their deal and I realized real quickly that even though I was a good kickball player in our cul-de-sac, I was not an athlete in high school. So the athletes weren't gonna be my deal and because they weren't my deal and they intimidated me, me, I did not like athletes. And then I realized I'm not smart. My parents told me I was smart, but then in high school I realized my parents lied. I am not smart. Um, I did not make good grades and I studied hard and everybody would be finished studying. And I'm like, wait a minute, we're not done, are we? And they're done. And, and so I'm making C's. So I wasn't smart. So I didn't like smart kids because I couldn't relate to them. I, did not, I could not play a wind instrument. Okay, if you cannot play a wind instrument in high school, you cannot be in the... The band, that's right. And my parents didn't want me to play the drum. So I, I didn't like the band people. Um, they didn't like me. Um, so I, we weren't rich, so I didn't like the rich people. So basically in high school, I didn't really like anybody because I wasn't like anybody. And you wanna be liked by people you like. And even if you're not like them, you'd like to be liked by them. So you try to be like them, but if you're not like them, you're not like them. And so this, be, this, is my first, this is my first memories of feeling like an outsider. And the thing was, I came up with an excuse like, like, like all of us do, right? We manufacture reasons not to like people so that we feel better about ourselves because it's easier to come up with five reasons why I don't like them than to admit the fact that, well, I'm just not smart. I'm not athletic. I'm not rich. I can't play a wind instrument. I don't really fit in anywhere. So moral of the story is, and you know this, and I'm just gonna put some words around some stuff that, that you already know. There is always somebody with more-er, right? You know this, right? There is always someone who is richer, who is skinnier, who is smarter, who is hipper, who is more talented-er, or their girlfriend is prettier, or their boyfriend is cuter, or their job is better-er. I mean, everywhere you look, whatever you wanna do, whatever you wanna be good at, whatever you think you're good at, and whatever you think you've accomplished, there's always somebody with more-er. So what we do, or what I did, I shouldn't put this on you, maybe it's just me. What I did is I looked around for people with less-er. So, because when I was with people who had less-er than my-er, then I felt superior-er. And we all wanna feel like we kinda got it going on and we wanna feel a little bit superior. So this becomes a dynamic that we live with and and I don't think it it, it ever goes away. And then there's some of us that don't even wanna be an-er. We wanna be an-est. We wanna be the rich-est. 
I want to be the smart S. You want to be the healthy S. You want to be the cute S. You want to be the skinny S. You want to be the pretty S. You want to be the retweeted S, okay? You want, you want an S, right? So the moral of the story is, the moral of the story is there's just no win. There's never, ever, ever any win in comparison. You may have heard this before. You may have heard me say this before. There's just no win in comparison. Comparison. In fact, comparison is what puts the dis in discontentment. And discontentment fueled by comparison, as we're gonna see in a few minutes, and as all of us already have a story, this isn't new information, discontentment fueled by comparison is actually very dangerous. Okay, some of you are working yourself to death, some of you are studying yourself to death, and what's driving you, you tell yourself, well, I'm just trying to maximize my potential. But that's a good thing to maximize your potential. But unfortunately, we're trying to maximize somebody else's potential that doesn't even know we're competing with them. And oftentimes we're killing ourselves financially, relationally, emotionally, it goes on and on and on. And it's because we live in a world, obviously, where we know what everybody else has and we know what everybody else drives. But this whole comparison thing, this will put you at odds with people that you know you'll never be like, that you know you'll, ne you'll never be as much as whatever it is you wanna be as that they are as, that you just aren't gonna be able to measure up to. So we do what I did in high school, we don't outgrow this. We kind of shrink back and we create reasons why they're not okay. And the problem is they're okay, it's just that we're not okay. And you find yourself not being able to get along with certain kinds of people who remind you of who you'll never be and what you'll never look like and who you'll never marry and what you'll never do in your future. They got your job, they're living your dream and you're just miserable. And then, again, because of the world we live in, and this isn't gonna change, so please don't hear me about to give you the solution to this. I wanna give you a way forward, but the thing is, this isn't going away, and the point of the message isn't that culture's bad and we should need to abandon society and all come together and you know, live in a commune. I mean, that's not it, it's not going away. This, this is not a problem that can be solved, right? And then there's this, and then I'll try to get to something practical. Then. There's the whisper, I don't know what else to call it. You might, you might have a better name for this than me. There's this whisper that basically just says, you need what they have to be respectable, acceptable, and lovable. I mean, that's kind of the moral of the culture story, right? That you need, it's a whisper. It sounds like my voice, but it's a whisper, it's in my head. You need what they have to be respectable, acceptable, and lovable. And I've, been, I've lived long enough to know this. I will tell you, so let me tell you something about they, okay? Let me tell you something about they. They, whoever they are for you, whether it's just images, it's people on browsers, or it's people that you know, and, and they have, you know, and you need to have, they, they actually have the same voice in their head whispering the same thing. Because no matter what you have or what you've accomplished, there's no win in comparison. It never leads anywhere. In fact, the wisest man who ever lived, Solomon, who had it all, done it all, been there, done that, the wisest man who ever lived, he just summarized it this way. He said this, he said, he wrote this, envy rots the bones. Wow, that's extreme. Envy rots the bones. So the bottom line for our time together is simply this, knock it off, okay? <laughs> just stop doing that, right? If only it were that easy. And I wish I could come out here tonight and say, let me tell you how this will never affect you again. I can't tell you how to make it go away, but I do wanna tell you how to manage this tension because it's not going away. But it won't go away, but it does not have to control you. And it does not have to drive you because as long as I'm trying to keep up with people I can't keep up with, I don't have any margin to give to other people and I don't have margin to support the things that I wanna support because I'm trying to keep up with people that don't even know I'm 
trying to keep up with them. So this isn't a problem that is ever solved, but this is a tension that we all have to learn to manage, especially if you're a Christian, especially if you're a Jesus follower, because this intersects with your relationship with your heavenly father who has called you. This is an amazing thought. We're not gonna develop it, but it's just an amazing thought. Who called you, get this, according to his purpose. Wow. What if you missed God's purpose for your life because you were trying to keep up with a culture that's not even a thing, it's a myth. We're gonna see a word in just a minute that Solomon's gonna give us that helps us kind of put, sort of personify this, this ghost, this vapor, this thing, this illusion that we all chase. This thing that has the potential to steal the joy of life, not a problem to be solved. So what I wanna do in our few minutes that's left is I, I, my goal is to give you a mental line of defense. I know that sounds kind of technical and weird, a mental line of defense. In other words, a place that you can go mentally when you start drifting toward envy or discontentment emotionally. Because for most of this, even though it starts right here with our eyes or our ears, but generally our eyes, it gets emotional. It gets emotional real quickly. Suddenly we're feeling behind. We're feeling unloved. We're feeling ugly. We're feeling like, you know, we're not keeping up. We're just, we're feeling like we're not everything we ought to be and everything everybody expects us to be. So what I wanna do tonight is I just wanna give you a couple of phrases that I hope that you will kind of drive deep down into your soul. And as you experience the tug, as you hear the whisper, and you're gonna hear it the rest of your life just like I am, that we would have a place to go mentally, to tell ourselves something that is so true and so instructional that it may keep you between the guardrails. And if you're a Christian, it may help direct you toward God's purpose for your life. So back to the wisest guy that ever lived. He's um, jumping right into a little bit of a narrative and he's kind of telling us what he's seen. He's an old man now and he's been there, done that. He's, he's so wealthy, Solomon was so wealthy, he'd accomplished so much. So he has all this life experience and he's downloading his life experience for people like us who have less life experience and will never experience life like he's experienced it. So here's what he says, he says, and I saw, he's talking about something he saw in the past, and I saw that all toil, all work, and all achievement, all you goal setters, you know, all toil and all achievement spring from one person's envy of another. It's like, what? He goes, yep, I've seen it. I know what's happening out there. This, is, this isn't new. This is 3,000 years old at least and older. In other words, he says, I looked around and I realized everybody is simply competing Everybody is determining, this is, this, is, this is shocking, this is embarrassing because this is so true. Everybody is determining where they are based on where everybody else is. And then he says this, this too is meaningless. And then he gives us our phrase. Then he gives us this mental image. He gives us a phrase that I want you to memorize. I just want this to become part of your mental language. You know what a mental language is? It's stuff you don't necessarily say out loud, you just think it. And by the way, there are things that you should just think. <laughs> but anyway, so I wanna give you a something that you say to yourself or you may need to say out loud, but here's, here's the phrase, this is so powerful. So I'm gonna read the whole verse and then I'm gonna add this last part. And I saw that all toil and all achievements spring from one person's envy of another. This too is meaningless, and here's the phrase, a chasing after the wind. Isn't that powerful? A chasing after the wind. It's endless. 
It's pointless. There is no finish line. There is no trophy because there is no winner. And there is no peace. There's just Not arg, er. Dissatisfaction, guaranteed. Dissatisfaction, guaranteed. Because comparison is what puts the dis and discontentment. And discontentment, dissatisfaction, guaranteed. It steals the joy, and here's the tragedy. It steals the joy from our accomplishments. It steals the joy from what we have done. It steals the joy from the goals that we have set and have accomplished because somebody else has accomplished more because somebody else has more. So when you catch yourself, and you know what? Here's the thing. You're gonna catch yourself you know, before this hour is out. But when you catch yourself looking, oh man, you know, oh, I wish I had hair like that. Uh, you know. Wish I had skin like that. Wish I, oh, that she looks so good and I wouldn't look good in that. He looks so good in that. I'm not even gonna try. When you catch yourself looking, when you catch yourself drifting, when you catch yourself looking and drifting in somebody else's direction, when you catch yourself drifting over into someone else's lane, that's when you say to yourself, and for some of us, I think we should say it out loud. Not loud enough for everybody else to hear, but just loud enough to stop us. That's when we say, ah, that's chasing the wind. That's chasing the wind. Ah, no, 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 no. Ah, I'm not gonna buy that. That's just chasing the wind. Keep going. Ah, it's just chasing the wind. Mm, chasing the wind. And I don't chase the wind. I mean, come on. This isn't a Christian religious thing. This is just a thing thing. Do you wanna spend the rest of your life chasing the wind? No. Why? Because there's no wind in chasing the wind. There's no wind in comparison. There's no trophy. There's no finish line. There's no, there's no ah, I did it. You did what? I don't know. I just did it. I know. I, there's no win, okay? There's always faster, cuter, smaller, younger, hipper, I mean, bigger. It, it's chasing the win. And come on, I don't know you personally, but I know this. Your life is too valuable and your life is too short and your time is too valuable for you to waste any of it chasing the wind. So the moment those emotions, those feelings of inadequacy and I'm not rich enough and I didn't measure up to what my parents thought, all that stuff, you whoa, 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 whoa. That's, that's chasing the wind and I don't chase the wind. Now, fortunately, Solomon's not through because he knows there's another side of this and he knows what some of us are thinking because the whole idea of not chasing the wind is not an invitation to be passive. He wasn't like, ah, just live and let live. It doesn't matter. You live today and gone tomorrow. I mean, he said some things like that in Ecclesiastes, but in terms of his, his life personally, he accomplished a great deal. So here's what he says. He says, now don't take this to a, an unhealthy extreme. Fools. Fools fold their hands and ruin themselves. Fools say, well, you know what? Since I can't keep up, since everybody's better than me, since everybody has more talent than me, since everybody had a better family, since everybody, since everybody else, I'm just, I'm just not even gonna try. Solomon says, no, no, only a fool does that. Being unproductive is not the answer. So he brings in this next verse, this is so powerful. It's like, if you, if you don't ever read the Bible, you should read the Bible. In fact, start with what Solomon wrote. If you, in fact, if you're not a Christian, you're not into the Jesus thing, hey, Jesus wasn't born for a long time. Start with Solomon. He was just a king and these are just wise sayings. It's just that they're found in the Bible, which, which is great. And here, here's what he says next. He says, so he brings these two extremes together. He's like, look, don't spend your life chasing the wind and don't fold your hands and go, oh, well, why try? Don't spend your life chasing the wind and trying to keep up with people that don't even know you're trying to keep up with them, images on a screen. And at the same time, don't just throw up your hands and give up. And he brings them together in this next statement that's so 
powerful. Some of you perhaps just need to memorize this statement. He says this, better, I love this, better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Isn't that great? You're like, I don't even know what it means. I know, I'm gonna explain it in a minute, but it's, it is great. So just take, okay, but look at the imagery of this. He says, it's better to have one handful with tranquility, which rubs us the wrong way in our culture because our culture isn't about one, our culture is about two, our culture is about more. If I had four hands, I'd have four handfuls, you know? I mean, it's, it's, it's all about more, more, more. He says, okay, I have more than all of you, so just shut up and listen for a second. I'm telling you, one handful with tranquility, one handful with tranquility is better than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Tranquility means satisfaction. Tranquility means you drive home at night and you go into your apartment or you go into your house and you're fine. Tranquility means you visit your, your friend or your, your older brother or even your younger brother or your older sister or younger sister and they live in this big old house, you know, and they got a gate. Woo, you got a gate, you know. Hey, can I, can I come in? It's your brother and they have to be, you know, let you in their gate, you know. Woo, you know. And then you drive home to wherever you live and you know what tranquility is? Tranquility is, I'm so happy for them and it doesn't bother me. You got into the school I wanted to go to. I'm, I'm you know what? Once upon a time, that would have bothered me so much, I'm not even sure we could be friends, but I've learned that one handful with tranquility, of tranquility, is better than two handfuls of striving and chasing at the wind. Here's the thing, we assume more is better. That's what we're taught every single day. We assume more is better, but chasing more always leaves us wanting more. So here's his point. This is why it's so powerful, less, is actually more when the less you hold is what you were created for. That less is actually more when the less you hold is what you were designed, what you were created for, what you were born to do. Better one handful with tranquility than grasping and striving and pretending and competing. Then he goes on. He says, let me tell you something else I saw while we're talking about it. This is so great. Again, he said, I saw something meaningless under the sun. Well, tell us what it is. This is fascinating, Solomon. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother, to which we're like, so what? But see, in this culture, if you didn't have a son and you didn't have a brother, then you had no one to leave your estate to and your wealth to, or even if you didn't have much, you didn't have anybody to leave anything to because in ancient times, women could not inherit anything. So here's a guy who's been working hard and has something to show for it, but he doesn't have anyone to leave it to. And then Solomon says this, there was no end to his toil. In other words, he was just getting after it. Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. So he was working hard and he was getting more, but you know, more leads to more and bigger leads to bigger and better leads to better. And he's just getting after it, getting after it, getting after it. And then he, he finally, this guy stops and asks a question that some of you've never asked. And I'm telling you, I wish I'd asked this question much earlier in my life. If you'll begin to ask yourself this question early on, it will help you. It will make, it will, you will learn to be content with one handful of tranquility. And it won't, you won't be content like you won't accomplish anything. You will accomplish all you were born to accomplish, but you'll do it with peace and tranquility. Because here's a question this guy forgot to ask that most of us forget to ask. And here's the question, it's so powerful. <laughs> Solomon says he forgot to ask, for whom 
am I toiling? He finally asked the question. I mean, he's been going on and on and on year after year. And it's like he's going, wait a minute. What? Who, who am I doing this for? Who, uh, who am I doing this with and who am I doing this for? What am, what am I trying to prove and who am I trying to prove it to? Now, this is a hard question. And, and I had to wrestle this one to the ground many years ago. That's why I just would love, you know, if we were sitting down over coffee, I would say, this is, this is a really big deal. And the younger you are, the more powerful and the more time you have to live this out, but it's never too late. Because there's an answer to this question, whether you've asked the question or not, and whether you know the answer or not. There's an answer to the question, why are you doing this? Why are you striving? Why are you toiling? Why are you pushing? Why are you gritting your teeth? Why, who is it for? And for some of you, do you know who it's for? You're competing with your brother. You're, you're competing with a sister. So, some of you are trying to live up to your mother's expectations. And let me just tell you something, I don't know your mother, but you'll, you'll never win with your mother. You won't, you know how I know? Because if you could have won, you would have won. If it's been going on year after year after year and she's this and you're just trying and trying and trying, okay, why? Some of you are trying to please your father. Some of you are trying to make your father smile and finally give you that hug. And, and some of you, your father passed away and you're still striving and you've never stopped and asked this powerful question. Wait a minute, what, what, why am I doing this? Who am I doing this for? Whose approval am I competing for? And do they even know? And do they even care? And would it even matter if they did? So here's a question that we're moving on. For whom, to use his word, for whom are you toiling? And let me just give you a heads up. If you say, well, I'm doing it for me, mm, probably not. Well, I'm just doing it for me, uh, maybe. But before you just go there and move on, this is a question you need to wrestle to the ground. For whom are you toiling, really? Because for some of you, when you are able to answer that question, it will free you up to be content with one handful of tranquility instead of two hands of if only, if only, and when. He goes on, and why? This is so amazing. This is the same fictitious, this, this, this guy that Solomon knew that sort of represents you know, people, humanity. And why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? <laughs> this guy, Solomon says, the thing about this guy, he accomplished so much, he has no one to leave it to, and he's not even enjoying his stuff. He's so bound up with more stuff and chasing the wind. It's like, wait a minute, who am I doing this for? And why is it I'm not even enjoying the fruit of my labor? It's because he'd never answered the question, why am I doing this to begin with? And perhaps you aren't enjoying your life either. And let me tell you what, if you're not enjoying your life, no one else will. For some of, the, some of you, I'm getting a little personal, the reason that you're, your relationships are just kind of repeat, 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 same thing, it's the same way. If you're not enjoying your life, the people that you date aren't going to enjoy you. They're just not. If you're not enjoying your life, the people that are closest to your friends, they won't enjoy you either. They will sense your angst. In fact, they may have tried to tell you and you're like, there's nothing wrong with me, I'm just ambitious, I'm just a goal setter. Well, no, you're something else, but I, I can't say that because Andy said, don't say everything that's true. Just make sure what you say is true. So I'm not gonna really tell you what, anyway. So, and then there's this. Somewhere in the world tonight are half a billion people. 
that would look at your life and your circumstances and your body and where you live and what you drive and who you know, and they would consider you one of the luckiest people on earth. But you don't. And do you know why you don't? Because you don't know why you're toiling and striving and you don't know who you're doing it for. One handful with peace and tranquility is so much better than two handfuls of grit and tension and a lack of peace. This too, he says, I mean, he's so honest. This too is meaningless. It's a miserable business. You will never find, you just have to trust me on this or just figure it out for yourself or think it through. You're, you're, you're smart, you know this. You will never be who you were born to be as long as you are looking over your shoulder at anybody else. Because the energy you expend and the energy I expend looking left and right and over my shoulder, that is energy God gave us to do what God has called us and created us to do. You have to learn to run your race and quit chasing the wind. Back to Solomon. Here's what he says. A heart, this is the, the entire statement that I gave you the second part of at the beginning. Solomon says this, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. You cannot you, I don't care how rich you are, poor you are, how good looking you are, where you live, what you're, who you're connected to, you cannot compare your way to peace. You cannot compare your way to peace. You cannot compare your way to tranquility. You can't win chasing the win. God has given you, God has given you a race to run and you need to get in your lane and you need to focus and you need to stay there. Look to other people for inspiration and celebrate their success. You look to them for inspiration, but you don't look to them for imitation. When you see somebody knocking it out of the park, maybe somebody living your dream, somebody driving your car, somebody going to your school, getting your degree, you celebrate them. You say, I'm so happy for you, but I am running my race and I am staying in my lane. I'm not gonna waste an ounce of my energy resenting you. I'm not gonna waste an ounce of my life being jealous of you because I'm running my race in the lane that God has put me in. Jordan Peterson in the 12 Rules, 12 Rules for Life, a fabulous book. He says it this way, I love this quote. He says, compare yourself, compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who someone else is today. That is great advice, isn't it? If you've gotta compare, compare yourself to who you were yesterday because if who you were yesterday is not as, who you, not as great as who you are today, then you're making progress. So here's the thing, please, because you only get one shot. Don't miss the life. Don't miss what life. Don't miss the life God has for you and don't miss what life has for you. You will never experience, you will never experience your life fully. You will never experience your life fully until you embrace what is right in front of you. I've done it the right way, I've done it the wrong way. I wish I'd learned this earlier. You can begin today. So 
When your emotions start drifting, when your emotions start drifting, when your emotions start drifting, when your emotions start drifting and start getting the best of you, you stop and you just declare to yourself, I say you declare it out loud, I will not chase the wind, I will run my race in my lane. I will not chase the wind. That's good for you, congratulations, that's great. I will not chase the wind, I will run my race in my lane. And if you do, you will become the person God created you to be. But if you aren't willing to take my advice, and if you aren't willing to take Solomon's advice, and if you're not willing to take Jordan Peterson's advice, then I think you should at least take it from Bruce. Find your lane and run in it. Because after all, tramps like us. <laughs> Baby, we were born to run. Hey, as always, thank you so much for listening to this week's Your Move podcast and a special thanks to all of our financial supporters who make this podcast possible. If you would like to make a tax-deductible gift to Your Move, it's very easy. You simply text Your Move, all one word, that's Y-O-U-R-M-O-V-E, to 77977. Just text Your Move to 77977. Or you can visit our website and donate there at yourmove.is slash give. That's yourmove.is slash give. Again, thank you so much for your support.